Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens. Happy Murder in the News Monday. Um, so I've been doing this every Monday. Uh, I said last time that I didn't really want to oversaturate the market or just post entirely too much from the one podcast channel. But I got a lot of comments saying, please oversaturate us. Please, you can't overwhelm us, you know, that kind of thing. So that was very sweet. The more I hear that, the more it makes me want to post more. But I digress. Let's get into it. Also, by the way, loving that you guys are sending me, um, when I say goofy shit, I, I don't mean goof, like, there's still sad stories and things going on, but, you know, a little bit of dark humor. We all need it in this current climate and economy and what have you. So our first article comes from abcnews.go.com. Title reads, Florida deputy fires weapon after mistaking sound of acorn hitting patrol car for gunshot. Body camera footage of the November 2023 incident was recently released. Can't wait to hear what happened here. A Florida deputy is seen firing his weapon repeatedly at his patrol vehicle after mistaking the sound of an acorn hitting the roof of the car for a muffled gunshot, according to video released alongside a sheriff's office investigation. Newly released body camera footage of the November 23 incident shows the dramatic moments the Okaloosa County deputy shot at his patrol vehicle while a handcuffed suspect was inside. Quote, I'm hit! I'm hit! The deputy, Jesse Hernandez, can be heard yelling, though no one was shooting at him. That is so weird. As he stumbled to the ground, Hernandez yelled, shots fired, four times, according to the video and an internal investigation conducted by the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office of Professional Standards. He then opens fire on his vehicle. A sergeant with the sheriff's office also fired her weapon multiple times at the patrol car or the patrol vehicle, believing Hernandez was actually in danger, according to the report. So after the sergeant asked if he was okay, Hernandez responded, quote, I'm good, I feel weird, but I'm good, the footage shows. The two had responded to a report of a stolen vehicle at a residence near Fort Walton Beach on November 12, 2023, according to the report. A woman reported that her boyfriend was refusing to return her vehicle and had been calling and texting her threats, including, quote, what appeared to be a firearm suppressor pointing at the dash of the victim's vehicle, the sheriff's office said. Um, the boyfriend was detained, searched, handcuffed, and placed in the rear of Hernandez's patrol vehicle. While approaching the vehicle to conduct another search, Hernandez told investigators that he heard what he believed to be a suppressed weapon off to the side, according to the report. So he, okay, okay. So he wasn't in his patrol vehicle. The boyfriend was detained in the vehicle. He was walking away to go look inside the vehicle that the boyfriend took and heard that thinking, okay, I, I mean, a pop, an acorn hitting the top of your car super hard. You might think that was a muffled gunshot. I mean, it's plausible, right? So while approaching the vehicle, nope. Okay. Quote, at the same time, I felt an impact on my right side, like upper torso area. Hernandez and the sergeant both fired their weapons at the patrol car until their firearms were emptied, 
according to the report. I think that's kind of overkill. The boyfriend was uninjured and no weapon was located. Quote, the audible sound, Deputy Hernandez reported, can be heard on body cam video and witnesses also attested they heard the sound they thought could have been a muffled gunshot, the sheriff's office said. See, so there you go. So anyway, a sergeant's use of force was found to be objectively reasonable and she was exonerated. The two, they fired their, okay, so it's a super long article, but that's what happened. So anyway, goofy, not goofy, moving on. Our next article comes from foxnews.com. Title reads, Virginia woman arrested after allegedly swinging medieval sword at police officer and a neighbor. Alexandra Hopkins, 35, faces one count of assault on law enforcement, one count of assault, and two counts of brandishing a weapon. I almost said woman. A Virginia woman is facing charges after she allegedly swung a medieval sword at a police officer and another person. The Leesburg Police Department announced on Monday that officers responded on February 8th to the 800 block of Edwards Ferry Road to serve a warrant on 35-year-old Alexandra C. Hopkins. Picture of her. She looks like she's a little out of her mind. Her eyes are just not quite right, like just kind of wide. And she doesn't look like, like, a, like she's a meth head or anything. The Leesburg Police Department announced, nope, we already said that, after officers encountered Hopkins, she swung at one of them with a sword that was more than a foot and a half long before fleeing into a residence, the police said in the news release. She was taken into custody without further incident. A neighbor told police that Hopkins also swung the sword at them. No injuries were reported in connection with either incident. She turned me into a newt. Hopkins was charged with one count of assault on law enforcement, one count of assault, and two counts of brandishing a weapon. She also has two unrelated warrants from another agency. She was transported to the Loudoun County Adult Detention Center and is being held without bond. I'm here to tell you, I'm looking at a picture of her. She looks just like a normal woman she kind of reminds me of someone but i can't quite place my finger on it but regardless her eyes are just a little off her jaw seems kind of tense but she also looks a little lost i don't know bless her i hope she's all right i've got a thing here forensic uh true crime bingo i thought about making a little bingo game for us okay moving on the next article comes from wxii12.com from winston-salem north carolina title reads parents arrested for keeping daughter locked in a dog crate police say similar cases on the rise it's because people are too fucking lazy to deal with their kids because all they want to do is sit and fucking doom scroll and not pay attention to their kids because kids are hard and you have to focus and it's more disciplining yourself into routine and being consistent rather than trying to beat kids into submission or neglect. Oh, there's, there's that soapbox. I'm going to shut up. Parents of a six-year-old girl were arrested after state police say they abused, starved, and locked her up in a dog crate. <sighs> Jacob Waite Jr., 
and Mimi Frost were arrested Tuesday morning. The two were charged with unlawful restraint of a minor, aggravated assault, and child neglect, as well as several other charges. This all started on January 7, 2024, when 911 received a call to Sheridan Avenue about an unresponsive six-year-old. According to court documents, one of the older children living in the house was bathing her when she stopped responding. <coughs> Fayette County District Attorney Mike, can't pronounce that, said the girl was kept in a dog crate, was hypothermic, had abrasions, sores, and a bad infection. Quote, the six-year-old child was left in this cage naked without food. She would be punished if she was able to escape that cage to go get food. And to make matters worse, there's evidence that at least a few of these children may have participated in the abuse with the parents. Oh, fucking great. He said that it is possible some of the children could face charges for participating in the alleged abuse. Quote, it does seem like they were... It does seem like they were, they were raised with this notion, I read it as it was typed, that this, that this girl was that she deserved it, which is horrific in itself, end quote. That's, that's how it was written. Pittsburgh's Action News 4 spoke with Waite as he be, was being taken to jail. He said he was innocent. Frost did not answer any questions. Uh, the guy whose last name I can't pronounce said there were a total of six children living in the house, ranging from five to 17 years old, but only the six-year-old was targeted. So sidebar here, I know that there's kind of some controversy around how true it is, but how many of you guys have read the book, A Child Called It? Because I have known a handful of people that were treated almost this bad, like not in a crate, but um, where the, the mother has multiple children and they just choose one that they decide they don't like. And the ones that I know are not the babies. They're not the oldest. They're like the, the middle children, or at least in the middle-ish group. It is absolutely devastating. Anyway, so we're trying to figure that out. It's incredible, incredibly callous. This child was tortured, and we don't really understand why. It didn't seem like any of the other children in the house were suffering any abuse. State police said the home in Brownsville was deplorable, with feces and flies all around. According to court documents, testimony from one of the teens in the house accused Frost of being particularly harsh to the six-year-old, keeping her naked in the dog crate, zip-tying it so she could not get out, and not feeding her for days at a time. The teen also said the floor under the dog crate was deteriorating because the feces and urine were never cleaned. Quote, this girl's been through a lot, and it's only by the grace of God that she was able to survive the torture that she endured. According to court documents, the five-year-old was asked about the situation and if anyone helped her clean up her poop and pee. The child responded, they want her to eat it, my parents, end quote. So they wanted her to eat it. She's referring to herself as her, though, which is also very concerning because now we're dealing with a level of like depersonalization, right? 
she's speaking about herself in the third person. That's very, 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 very troubling. The 2022 Child Protective Services report from the Department of Human Services shows a slight increase in suspected child abuse cases over the past couple of years. Quote, the really severe cases have been increasing. Haven Evans, director of programs for the Pennsylvania Family Support Alliance, said, quote, actually, in 2022, that combined total of fatalities and near fatalities was the highest on record. That's not anything to brag about, boo, pooks. You, there's no need to brag about that, pooks. The numbers for 2023 have not yet been released, but Haven says she expects to see the trend increase. She says right now, there is a lot of concern and attention surrounding the driving factors into what drives child abuse. In the case of the six-year-old in Brownsville, quote, there was evidence of serious, serious abuse. She was lucky to be alive at that point. Frost and Waite are scheduled for court on February 20th. So the... If you guys see any more about this, those of you who are sending me articles, thank you again, by the way. Please send this to me. I would actually kind of like to keep up with this to a degree. It, it's stuff like this that, I, that you know, dark humor aside, this isn't funny. I cannot, will not tolerate this crap that's happening to kids. I just don't know how people can live with themselves. And I have my own personal reasons and opinions as to why these things are going on and of course some of them are like I said um, people just don't want to be bothered you know they just don't really want to deal with it I mean the other kids were kind of okay but I just don't see a six-year-old doing anything that would necessitate that I mean there really isn't period telling her she needed to eat her own uh, feces and urine zip tying her in a freaking dog crate or whatever. It is absolutely unacceptable. Let's move on. Our next article comes from wjhl.com and the title reads, a first degree murder trial of stabbed ETSU professor alleges the accused and victim were friends. Jonesboro, Tennessee. Day one of the first-degree murder trial for Annette Harvey began with a tale of two friends and the evidence the state has against her. Harvey stands trial for two counts of first-degree murder and especially aggravated burglary. These charges come from the stabbing death of former East Tennessee State University professor Robin Leonard in 2021. I was going to say Leonard. I say things out loud or pronounce things the way that they're spelled. That's how I learned to spell as a child. So <laughs> give me a pass. Quote, this is not a case, said Harvey's attorney, Don Spurl, as he began his opening statement. This is a complicated story, complicated story, and one of tragedy. Spurl told jurors of Harvey and Leonard's longtime friendship. The beginning is Bristol, Tennessee said Spurl, Annette and Robin are little girls and who connect at first sight. Junior high, high school, boys' pictures, yearbooks, and secrets shared. Between them grow pillars of trust, end quote. He's kind of poetic. Spurl said Harvey fled from New Jersey in 2021 to get away from her husband, who she said is a, quote, religious cult leader. Interesting. 
she brought her two daughters with her and reconnected with Leonard. Leonard received temporary custody of Harvey's kids a few days prior to her being stabbed. Quote, she fears for herself, for her children, and for Robin, said Spurl. Now, the children can be tracked, tracked to Robin's, end quote. I think I've lost something here. Assistant District Attorney Dennis Brooks said a knife with Leonard's DNA on it was found in the Toyota Camry Harvey was driving. The state also provided an autopsy report showing 15 stab wounds in Leonard's body. Quote, she had a wound on her right forearm and her right thumb, they told me, had almost been severed, said former Johnson City officer in the investigator division. The state also presented a 911 call made by Leonard after she had been stabbed, where she said Harvey did this to the dispatcher. Lieutenant with the Johnson City Fire Department, Rick Casey, was one of the first to respond to the stabbing and corroborated this. Quote, I asked Robin Leonard if she knew who stabbed her. She said, yes, it was Annette Harvey. End quote. Sorry for the thumping. Uh, baby Monty's doing his stompy stomps. While the prosecution seeks the conviction of premeditated first-degree murder and aggravated burglary, Spurl urged jurors to consider all of the evidence, as they freaking should. Quote, all I can ask is that you pay careful attention to the details of the case and try to put yourself into the mind of Robin Leonard to try to put yourself into the mind of Annette Harvey, said Spurl and reach a conclusion in this case that does honor to your oath as a juror and is supported by the law in its strictest form, end quote. Jurors have been told the trial could last until Friday. If convicted, Harvey could face the possibility of a life sentence. You stab someone 15 times if it's premeditated or first degree. Um, a possibility of a life sentence? Uh, okay. So our next article comes from news.yahoo.com. I can't, is Yahoo still a thing? That's crazy. Title reads, a woman stole a memory card from a truck. The gruesome footage is now key to an Alaska murder trial. Hmm. Anchorage, Alaska. A woman with a lengthy criminal history, including theft, assault and prostitution, got into a truck with a man who had picked her up for a, quote, date near downtown Anchorage. Now, when he left her alone in the vehicle, she stole a digital memory card from the center console. Now, more than four years later, what she found on that card is key to a double murder trial set to begin this week. Gruesome photos and videos of a woman being beaten and strangled at a Marriott hotel, her attacker speaking in a strong accent as he urged her to die, her blanket-covered body being snuck outside in a luggage cart. Quote, In my movies, everybody always dies, the voice says on the video. What are my followers going to think of me? People need to know when they are being serial killed. End quote. Yikes. About a week after she took the SD card, the woman turned it over to police, who said they recognized the voice as that of Brian Stephen Smith, now 52, a South African native. They say they knew from a prior, investiga a prior investigation. Smith has pleaded not guilty to 14 charges, including first 
and second-degree murder, sexual assault, and tampering with evidence in the deaths of Kathleen Henry, 30, and Veronica Abouchuk, who was 52 when her family reported her missing in February 2019, seven months after they last saw her. So can I just say something, ladies or gentlemen or wherever on the spectrum you reside? If you are going to go off and live your existence, if you just are going zero contact with your family, I don't know, something please check in with like the same person or the same couple of people every couple, three days. If, if you're going to sell your body and I'm not judging, listen, no judgment. Okay. You do you make, you know, get that bag. But I'm saying if you are going to have that kind of career and you're not going to have anything to do with your family or whatever the situation is, you need to check in with people because these people that work the streets and whatnot, they they are the most victimized because generally people are not looking for them. So I don't care if you agree or disagree with sex work, prostitution, what have you. These people are people, you know, they don't deserve to just, I mean, this is crazy. It says that they hadn't heard from her in seven months. I just can't fathom that. Like no friends, nothing. So Henry and Abouchuk were both Alaskan Native women who had experienced homelessness. They were from small villages in western Alaska. Henry from Eek and Abouchuk from Stebbins. They were Alaskan Native women. Oh, that's when we already know that's, that's a, an issue. Authorities say Henry was the victim whose death was recorded at the Town Place Suites by Marriott a hotel in Midtown Anchorage. Smith was registered to stay there from September 2nd to September 4th, 2019. The first images showing her body were time-stamped at about 1 a.m. on September 4th, police said. Sorry, this, whoever wrote this, their, their writing rhythm, whatever you call that, is different. The last images on the card were taken early on September 6th and showed Henry's body in the back of a black pickup, according to charging documents. Location data showed that at the time the photo was taken, Smith's phone was in the area of Rainbow Valley Road along the Seward Highway south of Anchorage, the same area where Henry's body was found several weeks later, police said. As detectives interior interrogated Smith about the Marriott case, authorities said. He offered up more information to police who escorted him to a bathroom. He had killed another woman, and he went on to identify her, about Chuck, from a photo, and to provide the location of her remains along the old Glen Highway north of Anchorage. Quote, with no prompting, he tells the troopers in the bathroom, I'm going to make you famous. District Attorney Brittany Dunlop said during a court hearing last week. Quote, he comes back in and says, you guys got some more time? You want to keep talking? And then discloses this other murder. Alaska State Troopers in 2018 incorrectly identified another body as that of about Chuck because her ID had been discovered with it for reasons that remain unclear. Well, they were probably friends. 
But with the information Smith provided, investigators re-examined the case and used dental records to confirm a skull with a bullet wound found in the area Smith identified was about Chuck's, authorities have said. Smith's attorney, Timothy Ayer, unsuccessfully sought to have the digital memory card's evidence or even mention of it excluded at trial. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Why would we exclude that? That is the evidence. What? Did you think that that was going to work? That's amazing. The woman who turned in the card initially claimed she had simply found it on the street. And it wasn't until a second interview that she confessed she had stolen the card from Smith's truck while he tried to get money from an ATM. And she had it for a week before giving it to police, he said. For that reason, he argued, prosecutors would not be able to demonstrate the provenance of the 39 photos and 12 videos established whether they were originals or duplicates or say for sure whether they had been tampered with. Any digital forensic person worth a grain of salt is going to be able to tell that. Shut up. Quote, the state cannot produce a witness to testify that the video fairly and accurately depicts any act that actually happened. Ayer wrote, bullshit. However, 3rd Judicial District Judge Kevin Saxby ruled late Friday that the woman can testify about her possession of the card until she handed it over to police and that the recordings can be properly authenticated. Exactly. Henry's family has not spoken publicly about her death and efforts to reach relatives have, been, have not been successful. About Chuck's family has not returned messages from the Associated Press. Quote, these were two Alaska Native women, Dunlop, then the assistant district attorney, said in 2019 after Smith was charged. Quote, and I know that hits home here in Alaska, and we're cognizant of that. We treat them with dignity and respect, end quote. Authorities said Smith, who is in custody at the Anchorage Correctional Facility, came to Alaska in 2014 and became a naturalized U.S. citizen the same month Henry was killed. Oh, so that was his celebration. In a 2019 letter to the AP, he declined to discuss the case. He added that he was doing well. Quote, I have lost weight. I have much less stress and I am sober. End quote. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. His wife, Stephanie of Anchorage, and a sister acting as a family spokesperson in South Africa both declined to comment until after the trial. The trial, expected to last three to four weeks, was scheduled to begin Monday with jury selection. Prosecutors had suggested the possibility of closing the courtroom to prevent the gruesome videos from being seen by the public, the Associated Press, and all of these things said, but it says Alaska public media and some other places objected to any such move in a letter to the court's presiding judge. Afterwards, Saxby said he has no intention of keeping the public from the courtroom, but safeguards will be in place to prevent those in the gallery or watching the trial's live stream from seeing them. Now, I, I am an evidence, I am a crime scene girly, you know, I back in the day anyway, when I could stomach it more, I used to look at crime scene photos and kind of try to numb myself to it for varying reasons, not anything super scary, but, you know, just to kind of see like, can I get past this 
seeing this disturbing image so that I can look around, you know, when I was younger, thinking about going into that as a career, which I should have, regardless. Um, I don't think people ought to be watching people. That's like snuff films kind of thing. I don't know if it's snuff, but regardless, I'm fine with not seeing women being strangled. Ick. Our next and final article comes from the NewYorkPost.com, and the title reads, M.E. Office Investigator Accused of Stealing Hundreds from Dead People in Florida and New York City. A medical examiner office worker lined his pockets with hundreds of dollars he stole from these people whose deaths he was tasked with investigating in Florida and New York City. Great. Daryl Fernando Reed Jr., 38, was arrested last month for allegedly swiping multiple bank cards while working at two medical examiner offices over the past several years. He allegedly used the information to transfer funds directly into his own account using Cash App. Reed's alleged scheme came crashing down in October when he had fun- when he had only been working as an investigator with the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office for nine months. The sticky-fingered employee is accused of jotting down a dead man's Bank of America card information while responding with nine other employees to a condominium in Coral Springs, where the card owner had lay decomposed for two weeks. The man's daughter quickly discovered three suspicious transactions that were made after her father's death, all of which were $150 cash app payments made by Reed to a woman he was dating. The first payment was lodged just 90 minutes after investigators locked the front door to the condo and handed off the key to the deceased man's daughter. The bank card was also notably found by the daughter sitting out on the kitchen counter, despite investigators documenting it as one of several contents found inside a wallet during the death examination. A subsequent investigation found that Reed had allegedly swiped cards from at least three other dead victims. Reed was on the scene for the death investigations of two different people in November and December 2022, one in Broward County and the other in New York City, where he had been working as an investigator for the Office of Chief Medical Examiner, the arrest warrant states. While he was not on the death investigation scene of the third victim, Reed is accused of lifting the debit card information of the victim while rifting through the case files. From 2020 until November of last year, Reed packed his cash app, with 27 payment sources, including 25 debt and credit cards and two cash app cards, though it's not clear how many were allegedly swiped. Quote, an investigation into the account holders of the additional cards is presently ongoing and subpoenas have been served to multiple banking institutions, his warrant stated. So he's charged with three counts of fraudulently, fraudulently using the person's identification information of a deceased person and fraudulent use of a credit card. He resigned from the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office Friday after serving as an investigator since April of 2023. The Post has reached out to the New York Office of Chief Medical Examiner regarding Reed's employment. And that's the end of the article. Wow, stealing money from the dead. I I don't know. 
What is this world coming to? I'm going to sound like my grandparents, you know, the silent generation kind of going into the boomers. Like, what is this world coming to? Honestly, I'm glad he was caught. What a jackass. Anyway, that's the end of it. Sorry, I'm so sweary this time. Um, I, it, I got a new job. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And it's going very well, but it's like week one and it's a lot of training. And so I have brain fry, brain liquefaction. I hope you guys are enjoying the Scott Peterson refresher. I've gotten a lot of positive comments about that. Um, I guess that's about it really guys. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. If you worked over the weekend, we appreciate you. Have a good week. Hang in there. Spring's just around the corner, except for the Southern Hemisphere, in which fall is going to be happening for you guys. And I hope you guys like fall or autumn as much as we do up here in the Northern Hemisphere. Regardless, I love you guys. Bye.